0: Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at RealNerds on Instagram. You can also call us 720 6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Camera action! Well, a real nerd
0: knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd is but. Fa-
1: film! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take it outside.
0: real nerd knows who's shot a real nerd can follow the blood, and a real nerd Look at out all the guts, let's come on Sean, Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the best podcast on the whole internet. I am Ryan, joining me is Brad. What's up? Every week. On Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Knock at the Cabin. Stay tuned, where we'll recommend the film or not, play the trailer, then spoil the film. And we'll also talk about, um, not movie news, but something that really grinds my gears. And um, stuff we've watched this week that uh, I think you'll either find interesting or we'll tell you to avoid. Brad, how was your week this week?
1: (laughs) Oh, you know, um, we're just working and, uh, trying to get some, uh, stuff off the ground. Um, I've been writing more of the, uh, um, script for the, the documentary we, we teased a couple weeks ago.
0: Oh, we don't have a script for a documentary. What are you talking about?
1: Well, I mean, like, not the, like, not the script like oh just her, the
0: voiceover stuff i got it
1: yeah and the directions okay. of like okay like this scene cuts to this you know put this footage from the you know in when henry's saying this type of stuff yeah because yeah that's it was, good
0: because this is 100 percent real
1: exactly this. so
0: what people want to know is it it's like you're a fly on the wall into the inner workings of the real nerds podcast which is pretty epic i'm just gonna say
1: oh yeah um like scholars are going to be analyzing um you know the fallout of all this uh for years to come
0: pretty much it's really going to change uh pop culture forever totally landscape is never going to be the same Mm -hmm. and i'm just glad i was a part of it i mean i've seen the rough cut it's about 17 hours so we got to whittle 15 hours out of it but (laughs) that's that's your job not mine
1: (laughs) Yeah. And eventually, you know, well, uh, yeah, I think we'll have like the first sequel to a documentary ever made, (laughs) but like 14 times.
0: Yes. It'll be great.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It'll be so self-maspatory that everybody will get off watching
1: it. We'll also only release them every decade. So 15 decades from now, you'll (laughs) you'll get the complete experience. (laughs)
0: 150 years. Yeah. It's funny, I, I'm not going to mention what we've been watching because I'm going to talk about something else. But um, today is the 30th anniversary of um, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, one of my all-time favorite spoof movies. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to show this to Kellen. And I bet he'll have fun watching it. And he did, and he laughed because there's lots of silly things. But do you ever watch a movie that you've seen, you know, 10, 15, 20 times, and you catch something new? And you're kind of embarrassed that you've never caught it before. Oh, yeah. Like even Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I think why you like certain movies. You know what I mean? So in this film, um, it stars Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson. And there's a, it's basically a spoof on lethal weapon and, uh, cop movies and like TV commercials from the (laughs) nineties and, There's this part at the end where um, Colt, who is Emilio Estevez's character, goes into this cookie factory, and he's saved by uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and he says, "Uh, "Luger, you came." (laughs) He just says, "That's personal." Like (laughs) he's talking about ejaculating. (laughs) And just the way it came across, I'm like, oh, I cannot believe I never caught that before. And Of Um, course, you
1: pointed out to your son, too. You're like,
0: oh, yeah. (laughs) Tony's like, so when you like when it's come, dude, (laughs) you know, he's eight. He can he can handle it. But yeah, no, I just I just had so much fun because I I caught that um, today and I caught another thing at the beginning. Have you ever seen the movie? I think I have, but it's definitely been a while. It's so dumb. But uh, there's this part where Emilio Estevez's character goes into this like basically quickie mart, and there's a couple Middle Eastern gentlemen there, and there's this guy in the middle. And um, so one of the guys uh, says something, and I think it's Farsi, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyways, he says it, and Emilio Estevez says, what the hell was that? And the guy in the middle starts – I'd never caught this before, but he – uh says what he said uh the other gentleman said and he's wearing a button that says translator like, <laughs> I missed that before. <laughs> and there's a funny joke that the, the one of the guys says uh what says what flavor squishy do you have? And one of the Middle Eastern guys says Kiwi cherry so the tra- and then the translator says kiwi cherry <laughs> and then it goes yuck <laughs> it's so awesome and so stupid I love it. Anyways, um, yeah, that's all I I got nothing to. All I do is work. I said that last week too, and nothing's changed in seven days, two hours. Um um, yeah, just what I do.
1: Yeah. I am going to
0: Disneyland tomorrow though, so I
1: was gonna say, you got an exciting trip coming up. Um Yep. That I leave for in five hours. (laughs) It's it's the Orlando one, right?
0: Uh no, I'm going to uh, California.
1: Oh. Does California have the Tron ride? No, that's
0: in um That's Orlando. Orlando. But um the one of the reasons I really want to go out to California is they have the Avengers at campus out there now. Yeah. And and they have the new Spider Man ride. So I'll be riding that hopefully a bunch of times. Um, I'm excited. Um I mean my kids really excited but I think I'm more excited because I love Disney. Um, so it'll be lots of fun. And I don't have to work for a week, which is even better. <laughs> and there's like, it's been so long since I've been to actual Disneyland. Uh, well, I mean, not that long. I took Kellen when he was three, so it's been five years. Um, that they have a lot of new things. Like they opened up the Star Wars stuff. Um, you
1: got that Guardians ride, right? The Guardians
0: ride is open. When Last time I was there, they were building it um and the star wars uh, land
1: there
0: what else i'm sorry
1: you got the star wars land or whatever there too
0: yeah and when i was in orlando two years ago um when they only allowed it 30 capacity it was awesome um i mean it's sad that you know coronavirus and whatever but (laughs) disney world was a lot of people died but But i I had fun (laughs) yeah i had fun (laughs) but the uh the, they have two Star Wars rides. One is the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, which I did, which is really fun. It's basically Star Tours, but you pilot the Millennium Falcon. Um, And then they the real ride is it's like 20 minutes long. It's called Rise of the Resistance. That when I was in Disney World, you had to get in a virtual queue that started at 6 a.m. and they only allowed a certain amount of people. So... It was at the Hollywood Studios, and I'll never forget because the virtual queue started at 6 in the morning. Well, Kellen and I were at Epcot until 11 at night, and then we I ordered uh, DoorDash uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. So we didn't go to bed till like 12.30. So I set my alarm for 5.55. And so I woke up before my alarm went off, and I clicked on my phone. And then I went into like, you know, the Disney World app and then I like drifted off. And then I woke up, you know, that one where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was 602 <laughs> and I logged in and they were sold out of the boarding passes. I'm like, I'm a fucking failure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I looked, there's no virtual queue for the, in Disneyland. However, the new Mickey Mouse, ride right, Has a virtual queue. So I am gonna have to be on my A game
1: um uh, sounds so complicated these days when i went there yeah. as a kid it was just like you walked up and you went in i mean you, you, you yeah, stay in the were... line for like forever but you still got in and there wasn't any yeah apps they don't do that
0: really anymore they do the virtual queue, so there's not a you know three hour wait on a ride which whatever because they got rid of the fast pass stuff and now you have to pay to do lightning lane and i'm not going to pay thirty dollars a day to do that so Anywho, um, this week we saw a knock at the cabin. Brad, do you recommend knock at the cabin?
1: Uh, gosh. Um, when does quantum mania come out? <laughs> <laughs> In two weeks. Uh, it's, it's been a rough month, <laughs> just waiting for something I, I like. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a quality, like it's quality made, but the story just, did not interest me at all.
0: Uh, we're so in the same boat these last couple of weeks. And I don't know why I keep on giving M. Night Shyamalan a chance. Like every time I do, um, so you know, when you see The Visit, which is, you know, a pretty well made found footage film. And then he follows up with Split, which is kind of fun. And then you see Glass and you're like, fuck this guy. Or you see Lady in the Water and you're like, fuck this guy. Um he is technically such a really good director but i don't know i yeah this is another one where i go okay nothing and it is weird cuz i the, the there's really no twist in it um yeah which is he's kind of known for you know um
1: i mean there is I but it's know. just yeah we'll talk about it after the
0: is one of those movies too is an hour and 40 minutes long but i swear it was longer it's where it was longer. <laughs> Anywho. It, it
1: just felt like it.
0: Yeah. Uh here's the trailer for knock at the cabin. Hi there. Can I talk to you for a little bit?
1: You have to come inside right now. There were four of them.
0: What do we say? You shouldn't make things up when we're talking about Can you open the door, please? The breaking
1: in. I got
0: you, baby. We're not here to hurt you. But you have to stay here in the cabin with us. Families throughout history have been chosen to make this decision. Your family must choose to willingly sacrifice one of the three of you to prevent the apocalypse. We're not sacrificing anyone. For every no you give us, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. Close your eyes. Will you make a choice? You have to somehow trust us. We're normal people just like you. It doesn't matter. None of
1: us believe you.
0: We will never choose anyone. no one's allowed to leave until you choose do you really think it's all just a coincidence i have to believe that my son is gonna die his name is charlie as a mother i am begging you you're the only one who can stop this andrew i saw something there was something in the light and i feel it now Choose, the world will perish. We've been given the chance to decide the fate of everyone. Time's running out on the world. I'm scared. There is nothing more flawed and perfect in this world than our family. Please make a choice. Always together. Always together. I will ask for the last time Will you make a choice? Uh, I mean, the trailer pretty much uh, lays it out for you. Um, there's this uh, couple that are on vacation um,
1: with their daughter. Well, I guess it's
0: their. I guess it's their cabin um, in rural Pennsylvania. Does, do all of M Night Shyamalan movies happen in Pennsylvania? I think they do. Um,
1: right. Anyways, they're unbreakable in Pennsylvania.
0: Pennsylvania? I think so. Right.
1: I it was, like, Boston or something. Well, maybe.
0: I can't remember. I thought it was in Philadelphia.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. So, yeah, I guess that's Pennsylvania.
0: I guess that's his thing. Um, Anyways, uh, this young girl named Wen is uh, approached by Leonard, who is Dave Bautista, who's actually really good in the movie.
1: Yeah, um, I thought all the acting was fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, so he's with, um,
1: the four the horsemen of the Complet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I can't remember their names. Uh, um, I, I know one's, uh, fuck Redmond and Sabrina and, uh, Adrian. Adrian? Yeah, yeah. Adrian. Yes. I mean, I could just look stuff up on IMDb, but I really want to be proud of myself. Um, but, um, basically...
1: Eric and Andrew are the uh, couple, by the way.
0: Yeah, Eric and Andrew. I can remember those guys. Um, Leonard is catching grasshoppers with the daughter. The daughter takes them back to the um, her cabin, where he explains that they have to pick someone in their family to sacrifice to prevent a bunch of natural disasters or things like that from happening in the world. Which, obviously... If someone came to me and said that, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves, which basically Andrew and Eric do. Um, And then there's this. uh, I feel like then they kill uh, Ron Weasley um, to prove that they're serious. And.
1: uh, And release a plague.
0: (laughs) But am I forgetting something? I feel like I'm skipping over stuff.
1: No, it's, uh, it's, the movie's very simple. Uh Like the trailer, they show up, they say, hey, this is the situation you're in. Uh, choose one of the three of you uh, to die. And if you don't, the rest of the world is going to die. And yeah. then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to kill ourselves one by one um, and release plagues if you don't do it. They're by furthering... Uh, there like, we go, that's them, the part I am missing. Yeah. ...pushing them closer to Doomsday. Like okay, so you're trying to stop it, but you're also helping it continue? All right.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's like...
1: And then you're just sitting there frustrated sense. as they just go back and forth uh debating like, is this real or is it not? Like, what's the evidence and how you can explain away the evidence? And then... Because
0: it... yeah, one part is really stupid where they said like they pre-planned that this, they knew this newscast was going to happen. I, mean, I don't know.
1: Um explain that oh you well you could have produced the newscast yourself and like pumped it into the cabin and to yeah. make us think it's real um so I, like my whole like the whole time I'm just sitting there watching it going like say this and it'll clear everything up say this and it'll clear everything up <laughs> and they don't do it and it just it tiptoes around those things so it can make it more suspenseful and it's just frustrating to watch um because you can easily debunk all this stuff if you just like say this one thing to them um or at least put them on the path towards like explaining it away. And then the twist yeah. is it's all real. <laughs> it's actually the apocalypse is happening. Yeah. Uh, and they
0: are the four horsemen or something.
1: Yeah. Like I suspected going in, I was like, Oh, this is right on the nose. There are the four horsemen releasing the plagues. Um, yeah, the only cool part, I guess, is really just how. Shyamalan presents it, like there's some cool camera moves and yeah. um, it's it's which he's
0: it's, always really great at. Like technically, I think he's really cool. Yeah, um, there's like
1: there's like this pan between like between two of the characters and like it goes uh through the window and you can't like it's framed yeah. so you like see something like it definitely creates a sense of suspense, but yeah, it's it's so unsatisfying when you're like, Oh, okay, the apocalypse is real and they do have to choose and I think halfway through movie, I'm like, okay, one of them's going to sacrifice himself. Duh. Okay.
0: Yeah, and and that, I don't know if we're just trained like that because we see so many movies um, that it's hard to be surprised. Even, but even if I'm not surprised, I want to enjoy the ride, and I don't feel like I enjoyed the ride because um, it just, it just, <laughs> it's back to the Shyamalan like dumb dialogue and dumb characters, and I just. And then it's always covered in this blanket of, like you said, like cool camera movements. I think the like the production design is really cool. Um, and, and and all the actors are great. You know, Dave Batista is really good in it. Oh, it's yeah. kind of cool seeing him continue to be a really uh, great actor. Um,
1: but then the characters but, just do dumb things. Like when they lock him in the bathroom, and then you hear him yeah. break the window, and he goes in to, to check, like, why are you going like, you could just go outside, um, and see if he's running away. Um, uh, but no, he, I know they go back into the bathroom. He shoots into the shower curtain to see if he's there. It's just like, why don't you take a few more shots into the tub? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, he, he just inches closer so he can get grabbed and pulled in and gets the gun taken yeah. away from him. Just like, just this fake suspense that's built up. Um, and then, and, like,
0: and why does come like, on always have to have a role in his movies? Come on, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, like Infinity Pool last week, um, at the end, I was just like, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of this situation other than, like, yeah, it's nice that, um, um, like a homosexual couple's love is what saves the world, but okay. <laughs> That's beautiful, yeah. I guess, but was that really worth the whole movie? <laughs> like, what was this supposed to prove
0: yeah. uh i'll just quote um nick allen from roger and he he got it right uh he says that the it has a rich and earthy cinematography and batista's performance is disarming but the film suffers from frust- that is frustrating and self-serious which is exactly how i would describe m night shyamalan um All his movies, you know, because people always talk about signs and stuff. I mean, James and I debate on this all the time. I think signs is not a good movie. Um, And then the village. And I mean, he makes movies look cool and I like his ideas, but I think his execution sometimes is really lacking.
1: Yeah. We should clarify, like, it's uh, based on someone else's short story. Yeah. So it's either directly from that or he adapted it a little bit. But um, it's not a whole uh, so original. It's actually
0: a novel called uh, "The Cabin at the End of the World" by Paul Trombley. Um, and it takes place in Massachusetts.
1: <laughs> okay, not Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, i just I just clicked on Wikipedia to see.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm wondering if the book is more surreal and metaphorical, and then knock of the cabin just turns into this literal thing
0: i do know that they changed the ending of it and from what i was reading on variety the movie's ending is not as shocking or as good Hmm. so maybe i'll pick up a novel (laughs) just kidding so yeah I, I really got nothing else on it because it's, that's what it is.
1: Actually, I think I will say the most interesting part of the movie is when they're, they are down to like the two of them and the horse, all the horsemen have off themselves and they, uh, they have to decide like, uh, I, I forget which one's Andrew, which one's, uh, was it Steve? Eric? Uh, yeah. But yeah, like the one says like, you know, with everything they put us through, like, why should we help the world? You know? Yeah. felt like a, like was a pretty good point. Um, like is humanity worth saving considering how marginalized they, you know, they, they are to us. So like, but that was like, I think the deepest the movie got for me. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Just another movie that it's definitely, I feel that there's, Movies that have come out in the last couple of months that are fun, but ultimately shallow. I mean, I mean, I loved actually um, a man named Otto, but all the other stuff has just seemed kind of empty.
1: Mm-hmm. Or is it really deep and we're the empty ones who don't understand it? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we are part of the infinity pool and we're just duplicates of who we used to be. That's
1: deep. Anywho, That's deep man. I know, bro. <laughs> Anywho,
0: um, yeah. So normally we do news, but nothing really um, struck me that f- interesting this week. Except Brad, I'm gonna um, get on a soapbox. Is that okay?
1: Here, uh, t- uh stand it off the side. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, slide the soapbox in for you. Thank you. There it is. Um, it's made out of wood.
0: And here we go. Um, I went into Best Buy the uh, last week. Uh, my mother got me a gift card for Christmas. So I was going to go in and maybe get a steelbook I hadn't have or something. And uh, when I got there, my surprise was, is the steel books are like $45 now.
1: Not just the and, steelbooks. All movies yeah, are more than average price.
0: <laughs> I know. So um, the best run video series is this really silly, like direct to video series that was in the nineties, but I like getting the blu rays because those are the movies I used to rent at, you know, blockbuster. So when I get them off Amazon, like I just got the dentist, the two film collection, it was eleven ninety-nine, which I think is a fair price for low budget horror movies. Um, at best buy, it was $21. And I'm like, what the F is going on?
1: Which is a pretty standard price for a Blu-ray new release. But, uh, considering... but now when
0: everywhere else is it's $11.
1: Exactly. This is a company called Best Buy. <laughs> it was started because they advertised you would get the best buy at their store versus anywhere else. And instead, they've decided to, like, on purpose, make it the worst buy. I know I just don't get it like
0: I understand that things are more expensive now but I mean it is remarkably it's, much more expensive there like yeah, noticeably
1: it's more than the MSRP <laughs> I
0: know and I just don't get it and now I'm really hesitant because uh Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out this week and there's two steel books, mm-hmm. and I don't know which one will look better um in person Cause I really actually don't like either of them that much, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know which one to get and I don't want to spend $40 on one that I'm not going to like. Cause it's just going to show up at my house.
1: I, uh, so, I did some digging and, uh, some YouTuber said that, uh, this is all part of the, you know, like there's no reward zone anymore, but there's like a geek squad plus thing they're doing. God, what's it called? Total yeah. Care. We have to
0: pay like a hundred dollars a year.
1: Yeah. So they're doing like their own prime where you pay extra and then like you'll get a discount with that subscription on those. So they're, they're just inflating the prices so they can bring it back down to regular price and like make that seem like a value to your total care subscription. And it's ridiculous. Um, that's stupid. And it's even dumber to do it because like the total care covers things like, Warranties and repairs for, you know, other items, and those aren't things that apply to (laughs) Blu-rays and DVDs that much, you know. Yeah, like they always offer a warranty. I'm like, do you want a warranty for your DVD? I'm like, I'll just buy another one. I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way, Uh, because and too, because you and I used to work at GameStop, and we know how much of a racket the warranty is.
1: Yeah, like if it's if it breaks, it's gonna be like ten years down the road, and like you won't be honoring this anyway, so yeah yeah, it's it's ridiculous like it shouldn't apply but yeah they're trying to make they're trying to incentivize the total care subscription by inflating their and also because they want to get rid of blu-rays anyway because they don't want them in the store taking up space like they've been trying to sabotage their (laughs) um
0: oh yeah i mean have you (laughs) been to a target lately holy cow
1: like there's just less stuff yeah oh yeah i
0: mean it's the one at denver west i think there's one row of blu-rays
1: yeah. But the part that sucks is like they have the exclusive steelbook stuff, right? And that's yep. pretty much the only thing I really buy. Um, yeah,
0: that's the only thing I get at there. Best
1: Buy. Um, so luckily, like I bought the Black Panther, the, uh, Namor one, uh, before this happened. So I'm in the clear, but yeah, if you like, I have this watch list of things I want to get, but I'm waiting for them to be on sale. And yeah, I just, I tune in and they're like double. The price of when I added them it's insane. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like uncharted the uncharted steelbook which was already expensive when it came out uh is price dropped to $42 from 55. Like, oh.
0: Well, bro, you get that necklace with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I know that's
0: I I totally usually get steelbooks. That's the one movie I did not get a steelbook cuz I'm like I'm not spending $55 on a steelbook.
1: Yeah. Um and mean, now I'm questioning whether I want to bother with steelbooks there anymore. Um Because yeah. Amazon does have some of them. So I could just they go do. through them and they have the normal price. But, you know, the only thing I have to worry about is the shipping. But, um, yeah, it's like, what's the incentive to be getting these at Best Buy? I don't think there is none. Like, I yeah. think I might not even bother with their steelbook exclusives if, the, if they're going to be like 40 bucks every time.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it sucks because being a collector is. I mean, it's not cool anymore, but I mean, I don't know if it's ever cool.
1: I think it's cool. Probably not. I mean, it wasn't a cool thing, but like in general. But yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's hard enough to collect them, and now it's just even harder. Yeah, but it was making a comeback because people finally realized like, hey, streaming will take my stuff away from me on a whim. So I should be collecting. And,
0: uh, and that's probably why they jacked them up in two. They're like, Oh, well people now want these.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not that different. I guess like when VHS came out, like the first ones were like a hundred bucks. I still don't know why they're bothering putting out more steel books at Best Buy and, you know, making that a, a, a selling point when they're just also trying to make it harder for you to get them. Like, I know. Yeah, it seems duplicitous. I know. I
0: remember, you know, trying to get that Who Framed Roger Rabbit that you found for me, how long it took me to get that. Mm. And, you know.
1: like I understand, like, hey, we're jacking up the price, but we're also not doing exclusives anymore. They're like, okay, because you're, yeah, so you're really just trying to not sell these in the store. Like, maybe you're just doing it because you have a contract you have to complete doing it, but you're trying to phase it out. But for them to, yeah. like, still like, hey, we have exclusive steelbooks, come buy from us, and then also jack up the price. It's just like, I don't know what you're trying to make me do. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> But you but you know people want them because I remember when Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, sold out so quickly on the steelbooks. When I went to check at the stores, there was literally 10 people waiting to get in to see if they had steelbooks of it.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is so, like they're popular and they sell really well. So why are you trying to phase them out? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because
0: people hate us. I think it's a direct flight on us.
1: <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us.
0: But, couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> this is what we've been watching.
1: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: Brad, what would you watch this week?
1: Uh, I watched Paprika, which is an anime. Oh. Come back, Ryan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> And I've brought, I've brought Corinne on to talk about it with me. Just kidding. Uh, that's, uh, we, I had it up and I clicked away. Uh, it's a 2006 movie from the, uh, director of, um, Perfect Blue. Um, okay. and the best way I can describe it is it's like, I don't know, a more surreal inception. Huh. Um, there's, uh, this device called the mini DC and the scientists around it uh lose it it gets stolen uh by um a disgruntled employee i guess um and what it does is it allows you to travel into people's dreams um and like Freddy? yeah pretty much um but the problem is uh it's i guess malfunctioned and it's allowing like you don't have to be jacked in to do it. People who have used it can just automatically slip into, I guess, the world of the device. Um, so they yeah. end up traveling into each other's realities, and then eventually it gets so bad that the stuff in the dreams leak out into the real world. Um,
0: That's and so like,
1: yeah, much like the Matrix, you know, like give an alternate persona, mm-hmm. um, like that alternate persona becomes another thing that like stands right beside you. Uh, so basically they try to like track down who's got the device and why and what they're actually planning to unleash. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, gorgeously animated and, uh, it's a little hard to follow cause the premise is, you know, what's real and what's not at times. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting, but yeah, it is a little hard to follow um yeah so Interesting. that's what I, that's what i watched um
0: i watched uh bodies 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 oh finally um, yeah and i've been wondering what your take fun, is on this one it's a fun movie um
1: but you didn't like the characters
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you supposed to like them i think you're supposed to hate them all right
1: That's what I did. Um, (laughs) I
0: I think it's on purpose that you're supposed to hate them all because they're all rich. They're all like spoiled. Gen Z's, I guess is what they're called. And, you know, the, the. The premise is, is there's like this murder mystery going on. And as more people are dying, more of how horrible they are to each other reveals itself. Um, cause there's that one scene about towards the end spoilers where the two, three, four girls are fighting and they they all say like, I can't remember what they're saying. Cause I'm not in that crowd at all, but they would say stuff that I would expect those kids to say. You know what I mean? Um, like you're so sus or, um, I don't know. They all have like TikToks and they all care about their followers. Um They think... all lie. And
1: I... go ahead. I think when I, fir- when I first reviewed it, uh, what I wrote down was it's like the scriptwriter took every Gen Z cliche and like wrote it out and then figure out a way to like work it into the movie.
0: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um I mean, it's fun. I, I had fun watching it. I was really disappointed spoilers at the end spoilers <laughs> where it turned out everybody dying was an accident.
1: Yeah. Um, was, uh, it, um, except miss- for
0: the, uh, the one dude that they actually murdered cause they thought he was the murderer. Um, but I mean, it was funny seeing Pete Davidson slit his own throat <laughs> while <he's laughs> trying to uh, pop off a cork on a champagne <laughs> bottle. Um, and then if you went back and looked at the clues, there was like the one girl who fell down the stairs. You could see her actual like blood spatter as she's going down the stairs uh, along the wall. Um, but it was an interesting take about how toxic people are and that they'll believe what they want to believe. Um, I mean, it's, it's not like a horrible movie. It's not great, but I mean, I had fun watching it. Um,
1: yeah, usually those I, movies have at least one person that you can get behind and, like, follow yeah. their journey. But, yeah, in this movie, like, no one was really likable. So you're Yeah, because
0: like... even the, um, the girl who was in Borat, you wanted to sympathize with her, but you found out she was also lying. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I guess the only one who is truthful about them being a dick was Pete Davidson's character. Where he's like, I'm a dick. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh the rest were just yeah they're all horrible people um i don't know uh the lee pace character the the guru guy i guess he was fine <laughs> but he was also kind of a douchebag too yeah um yeah cuz I, I mean the premise of them staying at a mansion for a hurricane party is just like you know a big f you to people that can't do that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was it was entertaining Cool. Um, I have no idea what we're going to watch next week, Brad, so I'm going to have to rely on you to pick something.
1: Oh, boy. Because
0: um, there's really nothing. I mean, we could do Puss in Boots. Because um, I don't think anything else is coming out.
1: Well, I mean, you're going to be in Disneyland or, yeah, land. Um, yeah. I so, mean, I'll be
0: back on, on Saturdays, so.
1: So it's got to be something you can watch on a Saturday? Or Sunday or Monday
0: or Tuesday. It doesn't matter.
1: I mean. On my schedule, I'm going to see the Holly at uh, the Denver Film Center, but I know you can't really get out there for that, so that sucks.
0: Yeah, there's also, like, uh, Baby Ruby that was playing at the Oh, yeah. Palomo,
1: but Let I don't do know that how one.
0: often it's playing. Let me pull up my
1: app. <laughs> what the hell? I'm going desktop.
0: Let's see. Saturday, well, the Saturday has it happened one night, which is a great movie. Um you got mail and Magic Mike's last dance, the rowdy screening, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're gonna have to wait till it gets a little further in the week for when they have the rest because I think that baby Ruby
1: might be just this week. Yeah.
0: See, I see women talking too, but it's, they don't have a showing of after Wednesday.
1: Yeah. No,
0: we'll figure it out when it gets closer. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for going with us on this cinematic journey and we'll see you at the movies. Also, also
1: the listeners can just. Maybe tell us what you want us to see. Not 80 for Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Um, yeah, anyway. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I'll, maybe I'll put something out on Twitter. Cool. See ya. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. And follow the plot and a real,
1: real nerd. We'll give it all the dots.
0: Let's go to action. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolonium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it!